So good morning to you, 7.43. Living in an era when public figures defend themselves against what they call fake news, it can be hard to judge what's real or who is being honest. So what should journalism's response be? What strategy to win this war against fake news? Maria Teresa Ronderos, Colombian journalist, director of the Open Society Programme on Independent Journalism, joins us on the line while attending the 2018 Asian Investigative Journalism Conference in Seoul. And good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing? Have you, have you been settling in okay here in, in South Korea? Yes, yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's been fine, yeah. Very good well. to hear. Well, hopefully yeah. all that rain we've been talking about won't dampen the mood of the uh, of the conference. But No, no, of course not. It's a, it's a very, very lively mood and people are very excited. Well, I mean, just generally speaking, before we go into your areas of expertise, the conference itself, what, what would you say would be the main themes or the main goals of this year's conference? I think the conference, uh, what, what it wants to do is, first of all, to get people together so that people can know each other from all around Asia, can meet, can learn how to, to, to work each other, exchange knowledge, exchange uh, ways, ways to do journalism. So that's, that's sort of one of the biggest uh, um, aims of the conference. And then there's, of course, a lot of expertise in this rooms these uh, three days, it's going to be all kinds of data journalism, uh, how to track uh, money across borders, how to investigate um, um, the environment, uh, problems around the environment, problems around health. So there's, there's all kinds of expertise, and, and so people will come also to learn a lot about the different ways to, to, to do a better journalism. Yeah, I mean, between today and Sunday, you're going to be joined by over 400 journalists from all over the world, which is pretty impressive in itself. Um, Let's then talk a bit more about fake news. What would your description be? I I read an article you wrote about this, and and you were kind of asking the question of what we can call fake news, whether something that's inaccurate or false is actually fake news what, what can you um elaborate for us on that yes a, a lot there's a lot of confusion around this issue i think that i think that um, you know when everybody is producing information these days so everybody puts things on the website and and on the social networks and so there's a lot of there is a lot of information out there, and of course, a lot of it might be wrong or might be not accurate. Even sometimes, information that 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 journalists produce sometimes is not that accurate. But it's not it's not deliberately uh, uh, out there to to misinform anybody or to or to confuse anybody. Uh, I think what 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 is what we usually call fake news is what, uh, even though the term has been badly misused, but what is misinformation or disinformation is when somebody is putting information out there deliberately to confuse others or to manipulate or to create false narratives, to create uh, a feeling that something is happening that is not really happening, so or to enhance a big program, uh, problem. So people people would believe that this problem is huge when it's not really that big. Um, so it, it, they they it, it creates a sense of 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 
of of something that is happening that is not really happening and is trying to change people's opinions. This is the kind of manipulated information that we should fight against, not just journalists, but citizens. Everybody should be aware that there is people out there trying to confuse you, to manipulate you, either to commercially because they want to sell you something and they want you to fall into cheap clickbait and you do click and you and you end up buying something or spending money in things you didn't want to spend. Or it's, um, it's because they want you to change your mind with false information. But do you think the problem has fundamentally changed or, or has it just gotten bigger because of the classic reputation that certain tabloids have had for decades by, as you say, I mean, reporting on things, making them... Um, perhaps more exaggerated than they are. Uh, Some papers I know in the UK are well known for linking just about everything with cancer, for example. Um, Or there might be kind of like a lot made of a sighting of the Loch Ness Monster or something of that kind of nature, which whilst um, might be of interest, it's not going to bring about Brexit or President Trump's election victory. Since those events... It feels like suddenly the conversation about fake news has changed. No, I think I think of course, yeah. There's always been sensationalism and 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 what they call yellow yellow journalism. But no, this is a different phenomenon. This is this is a, a political agent uh, deliberately trying to convince millions of people because they're using the networks, they're using. The, the, tech, the available technology, which is, can be marvelous, it can be also used as a tool to 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 propagate massively through automated bots, through trolls, through all kinds of uh, uh, false uh, profiles uh, in the different uh, social networks um, <clears throat> to to create the sensation that a lot of people are, for example, against. Uh, an issue like, for example, everybody hates immigrants or that everybody loves X party or Y party. And this creates a sensation that makes people change their minds and go and vote in a way that they wouldn't have voted if they didn't think there was such a such a, 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 a massive uh, support for something. Yes. So um, this is this is a different phenomenon and a, a more complicated one because it's using so much technology. Yeah. Again, though, when you mentioned the immigration issue, I, I remember as a history student looking at 19th century movements of Jews, for example, and how certain newspapers financed by certain individuals. I don't need to go into too many details here on that. Um, but they, they would try to manipulate the message to s- stir up anti-immigrant sentiment. So, so the biggest factor between then and now seems to be technology. How, how does a journalist today deal with that completely different playing field in, in the tech age? It's a very difficult issue, and we've been discussing about it, what to do about it, because it is hurting the, 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 the democracy, the democratic processes. It is hurting the capacity of citizens to make informed decisions, which is the whole logic of having journalism in the first place. So what can journalists do? The first thing they can do is learn how it works, learn how it how it's how it's able to how are people targeted how 
how your 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 information, your data can be collected innocently, like you go into different websites and you leave a lot of information about yourself, and then that information is used so that they know how to do things so that they can manipulate you. So the journalists have to learn how to how to, some basic tools, first of all, on how people can be safe safer, navigate safer in the Internet without leaving so many data behind. The second one is how to, how to track these, these kinds of false profiles and then how to expose them, verific, verify this information and debunk it. You have to, the instinct of the journalist to not believe everything there that, that, that journalist is being told you, becomes really, really important so that you verify everything that you find in the web and really make sure that what you're repeating, that what you're writing stories about is really more, uh, um, more systematically uh, uh, verified. And sometimes you cannot do it on your own, so it needs a lot of collaboration from a lot of journalists. So in many countries, for example, in France, a lot of media got together to cover elections in, in, in that sense, to, 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 to systematically verify um, uh, suspicious information, and then two or three media at the same time would verify it, and if it was, oh, um, you know, confirmed false, then everybody would, uh, would uh, publish it, and the public would know that several different media with different lines of political lines or, or um, um, thinking, different thinking, uh, published, um, they all found that this information was not true. So they were able to oust, to, to expose a lot of information. The same thing has been happening. It's happening right now in Brazil, where about 24 different media collaborating to do this debunking and spotting of mm. false information. And the same happened in Mexico. So I think more and more journalists know that they have to collaborate, work together, and then really, really be very careful with what they reproduce. Also, though, with technology and, and TV, to a certain extent, we're getting more and more bite-sized versions of reports. And, and with that, it's difficult for journalists to tell a full story. For example, with what's going on in the Korean Peninsula, Chairman Kim Jong-un, you could, um, you could dress him up in a comical way, you could dress him up in a positive way, but you could also still choose to focus on uh, human rights concerns in North Korea, let's say, but you wouldn't have time to do all three in, in one and a half minutes. And all three might be true versions of the same person. And th- and that could be dictated by the political leanings of the outlet you're working for. How concerned are you about that? It's not fake news. It's just a political problem. Well, it's always been it's always a little bit like that. No, journalism has always been very uh, bound by time or space. Like before, it was print newspaper, and or still it is. You you only have a few interest to tell your story, so you have to be able to, to concentrate and tell a story the best you can in that space. And fortunately, in a democracy, you have many people telling stories, and people can contrast and compare different views or different ideas. The first uh, uh, description you made, or the second one, or the third, could, they could be exposed to it in different modes and, and moments, especially today, where people are constantly uh, reading through flows of information through their phone. That now the difficult thing today is to know what's true and what's not true, and not to be confused. Mm. 
I mean, it is challenging, though. It asks a lot of uh, media consumers to, to, to make sure they're getting that diverse input. And, and, and there, yeah, and there is a lot that journalists have to do to, 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 to teach people. I think there is a big responsibility of a lot of journalists and media in general to start telling people, you know, how to read and how to consume information in this new era, because I think this is very new for all of us. So I think media literacy, we have to learn back again how to do this. How do you do this? Younger journalists getting into it, we don't have much time here, but I I think if they can, obviously they need to progress their career, but if they can, when they take a job with, say, like an ultra-conservative or ultra-liberal outlet, if they can, in their own clever, subtle ways, get the, the truth across, that's the challenge, isn't it? Yes, yes, I think everybody has to really do their job <laughs> uh, as, as, as better as they can. And, and for that, you have to polish your, your tools. You have to really learn your tools, and that's what this conference is about. Yeah, well, good luck with it, and hope it continues to be successful. And good luck with your own work as well as Director of the Open Society Programme on Independent Journalism, Maria thank you very Teresa Ronderos. Okay, thank you. Have a lovely day.